You're listening to Futurish. <laughs> Welcome to Futurist episode number 18. We're going now. This is the second try. I cannot introduce this podcast very well. What is with it? It's I think it's this high enthusiastic energy that you just got to come and spur out of the middle of nowhere. And it's it's a bit difficult. I know. So we're going, we're going for this one. Yeah, we're going for this one. Yeah, we're rolling. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, we're rolling. Yeah. We're rolling. Like, why not? You know, you're listening to uh, Futurist. Uh, the podcast about everything and anything, digital technology, um, productivity. We've never really described what the podcast is, but, you know, we've got some really good, interesting um, stories in the show. My name is Peter. I'm your host um, here in, um, I was going to say sunny Australia, but it's nighttime and I looked out and it's like dark, but it's it kind of, it's winter. It's trying to be sunny. Um, my co-host, I'm joined with the lovely Gerhard. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, thank you. So I'm uh, Gerhard, I'm here in Helsinki, Finland. It is cloudy, grey, but still sunny. And uh, yeah. It's summer, right? Still, yeah, it's still summer. So we have summer, but now the days are getting shorter already. So every day, five minutes yeah. shorter. But we still have long days. I think like the night, sunset, we have between 9 and 10 p.m. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so it's um, still good. And now... Um, yeah, I just finished. We'll talk about it later. Uh, intensive four weeks coding boot camp, and now I will use August to chill a bit. But yeah, yeah. See, like I've heard that the summers over there were really hot. Like you guys had like a massive heat rate wave or something like that. Actually, yeah, in July it has been the hottest re- summer ever recorded in Finland, if I'm not no, well. mistaken. Actually, yeah, it was two weeks ago, and we uh, shit you not, but over 30, 30 degrees in Finland. <laughs> Oh my God, you poor guys. 30 degrees, jeez. Like, Celsius, that, not that, Fahrenheit, my friends. Celsius. Yeah, yeah. But you experienced surely over 40 degree temperatures in Australia. Yeah, yeah, but it, of course. But the interesting What's thing the is... Difference? like No, the thing is, the interesting thing is... Actually, I would say... Pro- no, actually, there's no difference. Because I think both Australia and Finland have the same weird phenomena where you have very strong UV... Um, yeah. I say you, 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 you feel the radiation much stronger because yeah. I think both like Finland and North Australia, they're both like, you know, very at the edge, North Pole and you're the South Pole. Mm. So I think the, the angle the light hits us or the sunlight, UV lights, like it's much stronger. Like here you get sunburned so easily, same in Australia. But yeah. you have the same issue in Finland. Like even though it's cold, you get really easily sunburned. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So even in winter, you get sunburned. No, not winter. Like winter, there's like no chances. Like <laughs> winter, <laughs> like get six sunburn. hours of daylight. You know that that's, that's about it. Well, I but, mean, here, like it's winter now, and today it was like pretty, um, pretty sunny actually. Like it wasn't hot. It got hot at some points. Like I mean, this it also could be the the really big winter coat that I have that's, you know, like <laughs> duck feathers and, you know, like all sorts of new, like crazy technology. But like, it was pretty hot and the sun, it's, I don't know, Melbourne's really weird in general. As you know, the, the I know. it gets, it gets like, it rains so like, like it pours down. It started hailing one time and there was like massive chunks of um, ice coming out of the sky. What? And then it was like really beautiful weather, like 20 minutes later. So it was like, yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> Interesting. That's yeah. Melbourne. Yeah, it was, it was but, um, pretty much like that. But Petey, what, what kind of cool topics do we have today? Well, we have um, some really interesting topics. So first up, um, I would love to know a little bit about your experience over the past month, that he, he, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. your coding camp. Then we've got um, a bit of a discussion around, um, what was it, The Great Hack, the Netflix? The Great Hack, yeah, documentary, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, Elon Musk my favorites of the favorites oh, um, we all know that obviously yeah the moment that you guys everyone saw this hit the internet you knew that it was going to be covered in this show so i feel like it's um you know uh, it's, we're doing disjustice um to to elon um and not covering Neuralink, which for the record is history in the making like holy oh shit. really they can, okay if they can if they can um you know but execute this, it's as big as technology was to man. 
basically. Wow, wow. Um, so, yeah. Um, should we cover the fact that we are a little bit late, like, you know, about a week out, outside of uh, July? <laughs> Yeah, of course. I mean, like, yeah, normally this, this is still this is our July episode. There will become another one, mm -hmm. an August episode in a couple of weeks. But as you said, like, we had to postpone it because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was whole July, I was participating in a four weeks hardcore bootcamp, which is the last step of an application process for the Hive School. It's a new coding school in Helsinki. Mm -hmm. And basically, what it is is called Piscine, which is French for a swimming pool. Mm -hmm. And it's a four weeks immersion, immersive. Yeah, bootcamp where they test you, like, are you ready for the pedagogical, well, how to say, the pedagogy they teach at the school, this peer-to-peer -peer mm -hmm. learning, project-based, and how you deal with failure and, you know, how persistent you are. And mm -hmm. uh, that, was, that was the whole July, basically. It was the last step in the whole application process, and in two weeks we'll know if we get in or not. So basically what had happened, for those who don't know, is that Gerhard um, couldn't handle failure and started like crying to himself <laughs> and, and um, had to check out for a week. And so that was the week that uh, Futurish was supposed to be recorded. No, you, did, you did really well, right? You had, that was intense. Like, it was, you, it was you, very you, intense. How many hours a day? Like every day? Like actually, I looked at my log and I think on average, I'm not kidding, 14 hours a day. But in, like in, there was literally no weekends. It was 26 days every day on average, 14 hours. So I got home around midnight every day. Um, saw my girlfriend for a couple of minutes, talked. Then I slept around six hours every day. Got up around 6.40, uh, meditated, got my showered, got on a bike and was at the school at 8 a.m. And then every day, yeah. repeat. And... Uh, but the thing is, like, to just get this, it's so interesting because you might think that, you know, like, I'm, I might, might have suffered a lot. But actually, I was every morning so energized that I didn't even need more than six. I didn't feel tired at all whatsoever. I felt so energized getting up in the morning. Right. And this also, I think, one reason was because you we were surrounded with such amazing people. And we had such a good community. And just the concept of peer-to-peer -peer, peer -peer learning worked so well. Like, there was this interesting flow of, there were people that were way better than you. So you, you learned from them, but you passed on this knowledge to people who were, you know, a bit behind or slower. So it was this really beautiful flow of um, teaching and learning. Is it like pair programming where you work together on things as well? So yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. you have, so the, how it was, you had every day you got a new topic introduced. So actually, so it's for the record, we learned C programming um, okay. from scratch. So C programming, yes. one of the hardest languages there is yeah. because you really have to understand how memory allocation works and how you actually what what happens behind the code and uh, what's interesting is we had to actually in the second week we had to reproduce the behavior of functions um and those kind of tasks are actually asked of in our in, in job interviews so people have to do that yeah. and we had to do this in second week and i, I didn't have any coding experience like on yeah. many other people and it was insane um so how it was we got every day you got new topic with exercises you had to do challenges and you have 24 hours time to complete them and then the next day you got in the next one and next one and next one every day and at the same time you had to evaluate other people's assignments and you got evaluated by other people oh, peer reviews nice. peer reviews yeah and the pace was extremely fast like it's really high pace and sometimes the exercises were overlapping and then you had every week an exam on friday which was four hours or the last one was eight hours long. And on the weekends, you had, again, a big uh, solo project and you had a team project. So oh, you wow. were, yeah, it was group work and you had a big solo project. But I mostly focused on, this, on the group project because the solo projects were really hard. I just didn't have time. So yeah. I think you, the thing is, like, you, you failed a lot, many projects, and it was part of it because it's very strict. And um, But I think for me, it was the, the, the key... How do you say the key focus was I'm happy as long as I can tell talk to tell myself I learned something new. Yeah, and, yeah, of course. And it was and that happened every week. And regardless, I think I'm uh, when I look back, I did really well, I think, overall. I passed all the exams from every week. Sorry. And uh <laughs> it's like yeah, it was it was amazing. Like I was not yeah. I was surprised what I was capable of because you know, like yeah, I think now I do believe that coding is for everyone as long as you actually yeah. don't listen to your whatever is in your mind. Do you, do you really believe that though? Like, because I mean, I, I, I believe that coding is for everyone, but coding is easier for some. 
Like, yes, absolutely. Um, because, like, for, for example, me. Like, coding is easy for me in a sense because I'm a logical-minded thinker. Yeah. I think in processes and structured and things that are very similar to how a computer thinks, you know? And so that's what made me realize, um, I guess, trick myself into learning things quicker when I was younger because I would think through the program how would it be processed behind the scenes, like you were saying, and like what would be expected like from it. And if something isn't expected, then you'd be able to adapt your code or your structure, your um, you know, your function or whatever it was to be able to handle that. And then it's the same with any sort of like it's a problem solving thing. Mm-hmm. However, some people are um, are not you know like logical minded, um, structured thinkers. So for them, something like a programming language, which is necessarily, uh, you know, well, sort of relates to that more. Do you think that they could pick it up as easy as what you did? Because you, I know you are very logical minded. Yeah, the thing is, like, um, I thought about this too, but also the thing is, like, I do have a very, also strong, very creative mind. So I think they're sometimes a bit working against each other. But I, I do think... I still think very strongly that code, everyone can, because there's so many different languages, you know, if you're more on a visual side and, you know, maybe web development would be something for you on, yeah. you know, and there's, but I do think, yes, some people have a tendency maybe to learn it quicker, but I do think everyone can do it because in the end, it's just another tool to actually express what's in your mind. Correct. And yeah. I think the logical thinking, I think we all humans are capable of logical and analytical thinking. And it's, I think the bigger problem is more the syntax. You know, like the, actually the, the learning, you know, like all the, the because it is actually a language, like, yeah, you know, using course, this yeah. weird, you know, like, what does this mean? A variable, you know, what is a while loop? And, you know, like, how do you do all that? Um, but I do think everyone can do it, just everyone has their own pace. And I think that's the most important thing, maybe for anyone to realize that when you do something like that, always remember, focus only on your pace and nothing else. Because yeah, it's yeah. very easy to kind of like get demotivated to look at people who are faster than you, get things faster, and then you compare yourself to them, and then you get like, "Fuck, that's not for me." Like, I'm I'm a loser. I can't do that. And that's the worst thing that can happen because you have your own pace, focus on your own goals, and then uh, you'll you'll get there. It's it's interesting because I look at the developers that I have in um, my team and you know the company that I work at, Nine Nine Designs, and like I, I mean honestly, in awe at them. You know, some of them are quite young. Um, but the sort of mentality, the attitude that they have to tackling problems is, is very admirable. Um, not only do they have the sort of hassles that they have, like you said, like, you know, the, the course structure that you guys went through is very similar to like a day to day, in a you know, software development company, you have challenges every day that you have to solve. And, you know, you've got um, time restrictions because, you know, we've got sprints or we've got uh, or, um, a bunch of work that we have to pick up. Um, you got failures. When how do you handle failure? Um, things generally don't go right. Um, sometimes you don't have all the knowns at the start. You got to sort of you know figure it out as you go. Through. It's a very problem solved um, related thing. But you got all of that, and then at the same time, sometimes we introduce new programming languages, and they have to learn it. They have to pick up so many different programming mm-hmm. languages and switch between them and switch that language, um, and they do it within days. Yeah, if not a day, you know, like um, they will just pick up a new programming language and the similarities, sure, but it is a whole new way of thinking. It's a whole new, you have to understand, okay, cool, that programming structure is doing this differently. Oh, that's interesting. It's handling that. Oh, cool. It does, you know, like it has these things around object and data handlers or whatever it is. Um, and you've got to figure that out while learning the new um, coding structures and right. everything like that. That's difficult. Plus, obviously, doing that's just the tool set, right? Yeah. And then you've got to use the tool to solve the problem. So exactly. But it's then, a very <clears throat> interesting world. But then I think you know, like that's the thing. What I was, I think that's why I do believe everyone can do it because in the end, it's about you, the biggest enemy. And I think I told this before we started. Is I think the biggest enemy is the voices in your head. You know, like the mm-hmm. bully in your head that tells you you can't do this. You're not meant for this. Uh, you know, they're they're coders and they're you. And I think it, this applies for anything you learn in life. Yeah. You know, if you if you can silent down this voice, and you know it's the same thing. If I would say like you know let's l- learn Chinese, you say fuck it's so hard. I wouldn't. I'm not able yeah. to do that. But you could do it. Like anyone is able to do that. The thing is like yeah. as soon as you can 
how do you say, not, I don't not not ignoring it, but as soon as you realize that the voice in your head that tells you you can't, it's not you. Mm. Okay, that's something just, just you know, like, and I always compare it, like, if you sit, um, sit in a cinema and imagine the voice in your head is someone next to you and you're trying to enjoy the movie, but uh, someone next to you just talks to you all the time, like, oh, this is a shit movie, uh, why are you doing this? And that's me. That's you. <laughs> but then, you know, like, once you realize that this, this voice in your head, this bully, is yeah. not you, you have this brilliant, brilliant brain which is capable of, of really solving the biggest problems we have. Yeah, yeah, and you, everyone has this. Like we have a power, we have a powerhouse there in our skull. And as soon as we realize, you know, like just if we can separate this voice that tells you you can't, and just let it be, and you just move forward, you will be see. You will be surprised to where you can go. So in the past month um, that you were going through this, and you had all these experiences of people, you know, your inner voice saying, "No, you can't do it. No, you can't." Yeah. Um, how much did meditation play a part of it and how much did it help? Oh, I think it played a big part. I guess, I mean, I've been meditating that for years, but I definitely yeah. uh, helped. I did every morning I meditated and it helped me to be stay grounded. And uh, I think the biggest, you know, when you realize it in the morning and you, you feel like you wake up and you already feel like, you know, there's voices bombarding you with weird stuff. Um, what matters, what actually would help is just always thinking about what's the next small step you can do. You know, first mm -hmm. take a shower meditate, open the door, walk to the school and then just get started. So you don't listen to the voice and then a couple of hours later, you're back in. And at the end of yeah, the day, yeah. uh, you've achieved something. There, there have been days, you know, like where things didn't go well at all. You feel like, fuck, yeah, this is yeah. too much. And you went home and it's like, oh man, you know, my motivation was low. But then it's important that you just keep, keep moving, you know, like because it's going to get better. You always go yeah, yeah. past this, this, this moment of, of low and you will see it will go up yeah. again. Which is, a, I think, a very important thing to um, to note and that, you know, you hear a, like a lot of, you know, these self-help guided gurus or whatever online that, um, you know, kind of good for them, made a business around, you know, like um, talking this way, but never do they, oh, I'm sure they do now, but like um, generally they kind of make you believe that, their lives are super simple and it's because they did this and followed these tricks that made them who they are. Um, and sure, that could be the sort of like foundation that they set, but they've had days, like everyone else has days, where they, they feel so demotivated, so like, um, you know, like down on themselves that they don't want to continue on. They don't see the point. Mm -hmm. um, the, that depression, that inner voice uh, kicks in. And then, you know, like... It's just, I guess, what you do with that after. Like everyone has those moments. Exactly. You know? um, and generally, they're called Mondays. But still, like, <laughs> um, you know, like the fact is that that's that happens. That's that's humanity. You know, there at its core. I think what strives people to be different to each other is how they handle situations and move forward. And, exactly. That's really cool. That's awesome. I mean, again, like even like before, even before the four weeks started, I remember I was in Vienna and I was like, you know, like, fuck, maybe this is not for me. Like, again, your head tries to come up with reasons to kind of like make you yeah. quit. And again, what stopped me is just I know I know this happens every time I'm confront something new happens or something that unaware. But I know what happens is I know that if I just keep moving and not listen to it, things will turn out amazingly well because if you don't, if you stop listening to your inner voice, you will end up in places you've never dreamed of. Yeah, 100%. I feel like, yeah, like if you, as long as you have the passion towards something and it's something you want, then go for it. You know, you got to have drive. If but I think, drive, of course, no, absolutely. But I do, wait, but here's the thing. I think passion is a bit overrated because I think as you, as if you can, the trick is that you can find joy in anything. I'm literally meaning sure. this. And I think passion is like a bit overrated because follow your passion. What is your passion? It's again, it's very egocentric because... But so what? So is it a bad thing though? If it's egocentric? I do, I do think it like it, it makes you feel bad because you think, oh no, I need... What is my passion? Well, you know, where is my passion? Yeah. It's just, it's more about like, what does the world read? read what does the world need right now? And how can I help with that? Yeah, but okay, I get that sort of way of thinking, but not everyone thinks that way. 
Like, you know, of course that not. would be amazing if everyone thought that way. That everyone, okay, what's the, what's the world missing? Like, because if that was the case, then you wouldn't have much consumerist approach. But that's a, but that's the problem I think um, we have nowadays, where yeah. so many people get frustrated. Young people say because we have all these articles and videos and TED talks. Follow your passion. What is what is yeah, your passion, yeah. man? You know, like. But that's the thing. You figure it out over time, right? Like I, um, you know, like I think my journey is very interesting in a way that um i did not plan it to be the case like i got into programming because it's you know i enjoyed computers and i just didn't i wanted to just spend time around it and then i was you know just i thought programming wasn't really for me and then i got into graphic design i wanted something more visual and then um you know i was a bit more sort of frustrated from the limitations that i had with graphic design in a you know like I, it was a government company so it wasn't anything very like you know um it's pretty restrictive in you know creative freedom um and then i went into like con like community management and then marketing and then the marketing wasn't right and i wanted to work on the product itself and then i got into product management and then it just happens that product management is a combination of all of those elements yeah it's like and still to this day have i found my passion probably not you know but that's you tweak it as you go along the passion is an area that you, you enjoy working. My passion is digital, you know, online, right? Um, and later on, when we talk about Elon Musk Neuralink, maybe I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll end up like um, questioning that. And that's something that I think you can, you can't plan out your life. That's, that's what I mean. And that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. It's like, you know, I think we're just getting way too hung up that, you know, like follow your passion. I think the thing is like, you will, you win in life if you can find joy in anything. Seriously, mm -hmm. if you can find the joy in any task and craft, you already won. There's anything you that comes won. at you, yeah. like you will find you will have joy in that. And I think that's yeah, that's I the agree. key to lifelong learning. And I think the problem stems when you like you you know you go out of high school or whatever it's called in different countries around, but like you got you leave and then you're given the sort of one question: What do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, exactly. And what, like, like, oh, you have to come up and figure out a sort of like a, a career path in the span of without knowing anything about the world, really, outside of what you've been, uh, you know, set structure of how you've been taught things. Yeah. And then you got to come up with something. And in your mind, you're thinking, oh, is this what I want to do? But what the reality is, what they should be saying is like, hey, you probably won't be doing this in 20, 30 years from now, you know? You might change jobs. You might do all these things, but that's a good thing. Try, learn, figure out. You know, exactly. Figure out what you want to do. T try a little bit, you know, because if you, you know, like, um, I mean, you're, you're the same. Like, how many different sort of things have you been doing? And you know, like, all together, <laughs> they've been like, you know, they're all around the same area. Entrepreneurism, um, like, you know, figuring out, exploring, you know, like you can see the similar context and threads that go throughout them. But you're jumping into different fields because you're taking learnings from one to the other, you know? Exactly. And I think that's super important. And I think it's a good point you're saying because I think, um, yeah, well, well, oh shit, now I lost, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. But what you're saying about the school, like, you know, like you have to figure it out already because it stems from the notion that we you know we as humans, we like to plan ahead because we don't like chaos, we don't like insecurity. Yeah, yeah. And so just giving us the, the notion, like it gives us a false sense of security to think like, you know, planning ahead where we want to be. And this, you know, this mm. should happen be my, lead, my life be uh, this one path. Yeah. And I'm going to go, it's going to be like that. But that's the, that's the biggest mistake we, we can do like to ourselves. Yeah. It's never, it's like that. It's like, yeah. it's a constant play, you know? I used to, I used to plan everything. Do you remember? Like uh, when yeah. you first met me, like how I used to plan everything, every single portion of my life. And it just... Then I get frustrated with like, why isn't this happening? Why is it happening like this? You know, and then you don't look at the bigger picture about, you know, like everything that's happened has happened in the best possible way. You know, it's exactly. working itself out. And I don't, you know, it's not because of fate. It's not because of the thing. It's because deep down, we all take the best things and we take the best learnings because we don't want to look at the negative things. We, we block those out. So those good positive thoughts surface, bubble their way up to the top. And you know, accumulate, and, and then that those ideas, I feel like you know, stem you to the next approach, and then that's right. why you get onto better, bigger, and better things naturally, you know. And sorry to anyone out there who believes in fates and all that sort of stuff, but <laughs> you know, and like I feel like it's it's just our internal filter that just does it, you know. So, exactly. 
So again, I think to to end this, we can maybe move on to actually our one of our topics. But I think the in the end, once you realize that whole life is a constant a form of play or like a dance, and you just have to learn to dance with whatever comes to you. You know, like if there's this, you move to this move, and you just surrender to the flow, and you just dance with it. And I think if yeah, it's like negative that. or positive, it doesn't matter. Both dance both contribute yeah. both con- contribute to your final dance you know it's an endless dance mm. until you die yeah until you die and then it's <laughs> over but that, but then that's it that yeah. was life yeah. that was the life yeah yeah but that's a good thing like you know my grandfather um i was always very uh, admired him um he you know moved to australia um, from greece and he didn't know uh hardly any english and he wasn't taught or anything like that so he bought a or either he bought it or he's given it or whatever it is, was a English dictionary. And he had a Greek dictionary. And so he would translate words back and forth, back and forth and figure out stuff. So if you look, you know, he had, he read this dictionary over and over and over and over again. It got to the point that the, the, um, the leather bound um, cover was getting mm-hmm. ratted and, you know, like all that sort of stuff, you know, the patina was all like, you know, diff- discolored and stuff like that. And he had all these notes onto each word and Greek translations and everything like that. He literally spent, I'd say, 20 years reading this book. Wow. And he was happy. He just enjoyed it. He, he just went through and he enjoyed the simplest things. He, he found like passion and fun in anything. Yeah. He was just so calm, so collected. I've, I only ever saw him yell once and it was because we were too loud. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and that was in the whole entire time that I knew him. And I, I, you know, I strive to be that one day, you know, like, and I know that sometimes, um, you know, um, it's, it's all me. It's, you know, like it, it's, we are our own worst, um, you know, like, um, you know, beings, I guess, but like, yeah, if you can just kind of figure things just to, let things be dance with life like you say and and just enjoy the you know find the fun in anything i feel like you can you know exactly you know yeah so i love it that's good you know what i don't love what facebook facebook <laughs> yes <laughs> good segue good segue it was a perfect segue pete <laughs> so professional so I haven't seen the great okay. book, but I have watched um, the TED talk, which right. was a little bit of uh, had like you know had some foundations in the um, in the documentary. Also, I've heard yeah, uh, yeah. by Carol Cadwaldo, uh, mm-hmm. I think her name is. Um, an apology to her; she's listening. <laughs> of course, <laughs> she's she is. I mean, hey, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> So um, Carol um, had a has a TED talk called Facebook's role in Brexit um, and the threat to democracy. So it's a really cool, really really good. Um, it's only fifteen minute long TED talk. Um, we'll probably put a link in the show notes as well. And um, basically, have a listen to that and watch great the Great Hack because um, Gerhard here will talk about the Great Hack. And, but I, I, I think um, I won't spoil too much, but I think you should watch it still. Mm. So I watched it last week. The Great Hack on Netflix is a documentary about Cambridge Analytica and the whole, yeah, and Facebook and all these tech platforms. Yeah. But I mean, to be honest, like the documentary itself, there's not much new, maybe just very much reinforced what's, what's happened. But mm. how do you say it was... It was still shocking. Like it was crazy because they looked into. They also followed some employees, or former employees of uh, Cambridge Analytica, and it's just like what what I didn't know to what extent they were able to manipulate us. Mm. So that so I can tell you this. So they how it worked. They the company Cambridge Analytica was basically a communications media consultant firm for politicians. And they looked into people, which they called the swing voters, which didn't have mm. a really strong opinion on anything. And with a little, uh, not so, bug, or not hack, maybe a little, or I think it was a little bug they exploited on Facebook where they shared this personality test. 
uh, with you. So you can, you know, like you fill it out on Facebook, you know, what is your personality? And then uh, once yeah. you are, once you are filling it out, they, this, they get access to all your friends at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the crazy part. The thing is like, they've, they've been collecting so many data points or data points on you. And yeah. then based on your preferences, they create content, websites, articles, YouTube videos just for you so they can you know gear you in one position and that's the scary part mm. that you know you don't know what mm. you're going to see on the website if it's sponsored if it's actually real or not so they actually they created tailored made uh, content for each person or like group of people mm -hmm. they were sending it to you and you you thought you know it's another website on the, on, the, on on the internet but it was just for you it was just for you to, right. you to see that so they can gear you into a, in a uh, uh, what do you say in direction they wanted you to Mm. It's, in, it's insane. They have been doing this for a month, bombarding you with content, content, content that um, should, you know, move you into the direction, for example, to hate Hillary or something or immigrants. Mm -mm. And it was mm. just in the States. And that was the scary part. And I can also did it for Brexit, Brexit right? Yeah, for Brexit yeah, as well. Brexit. Same, same yeah. thing. Which many people didn't know that the, the sort of like... Um, the the issues surrounding you know like uh, Trump being elected and you know Trump and Hillary and so on, all the scandals with Russia and all that, mm -hmm. exactly the same thing, same tactics, same people behind it. Um, exactly was Brexit. Yeah, you know? and and you know like I feel like you know and I, I said this to you earlier, um, but not not while we're recording. Um, this is this isn't like. I mean, this is literally the problem of technology in the day-to-day day and era, right? Technology is going so fast and people are finding different ways to use it. That's the whole point of the internet. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. that We got to this that point because of, like, you know, people going, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we create a social platform where people mm -hmm. can voice their exactly. concerns and stuff like that? You know, and, and all, you know, we're just, exp like, the internet and the websites are just tools and we're just utilizing those tools in different ways. And so... Um, you know, that the sharing, the app sharing friends was because of how apps games used to share. You'd go there and you could see your friends list and it was the same mm -hmm. APIs and services that surrounded that. Unfortunately, that also shared things like date of birth, um, location, all the things, which to anyone like us wouldn't think it's a big deal, but in mass, it starts it is. melting, yep. you know, like everything, right? So... You know, good, good for them. You know, they utilize the tool. Unfortunately, the competitors didn't even figure that out. Um, and now it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it, it, uh, it was oh no, it's definitely not a good thing. Um, however, it, it, it's a literally a good example of how the government doesn't understand how technology is supposed to be mm -hmm. and how it should be and how it should be, um, you know, governed. Because Mark Zuckerberg has literally got more power than any prime minister or president in the world definitely um because he has reach all over globally rather than just global reach and he yeah. knows he knows so much about us and yeah that's the thing and and i think that that's what i said in the in the documentary like um at the moment we, we reached a point where data has more value than oil yeah yeah just our data is more value has more value than oil think about that and i think it's crazy it's insane that we have become this commodity. And I do think now this sparks, I think the, the TED talk you were referencing to, I think that data should become actually human right. And we should be able actually have a right, mm. how do you say, a right to have protect our data and yeah. who is using but it. The different, the problem is, unfortunate thing is that privacy is gone. There's no such thing about privacy for about 10 years now. Yeah. Like regardless of, um, you know, what you've done and who you've done, you, even if you didn't upload it, a, it, it would have been, it could be figured out um, or reverse engineered from your friends, your contacts uploading things. You know, someone uploads a, a birthday picture, happy 21st, um, and tags you in it. There you go. They know you're 21. Exactly. You know, little things like that. You know, you, you, all the small things that in reality don't sound like much, all it needs is a you know AI network to put all those pieces together and figure out a persona based on yourself. You know, so there's no avoiding that. You can't avoid it. No, and I think that, there's, but it, yeah. I think that's the issue because you were saying. I think, I mean, majority of us, ninety nine percent, is like you know we believe we have a very 
good intentional belief that you know like this is you know like taking someone we, we didn't we don't think ahead you know we don't think that people mm. are like oh yeah look now we can use this interaction to actually profile them like we didn't know that no, no one knows that because yeah, exactly. we thought like it's just like yeah we assume that those we're in good hands there we're not and i think that's the, the scary part now we know we're not in good hands so the i guess the thing is that you know okay look i don't mind if people utilize personal information about myself to target me um for advertising that's fine but once it gets political i think is it yeah is that's the scary part right yeah, that's the scary part because that sh- shakes up things that affects future generations, and, you know, like big masses, and you know, um, it will change. And I think, you know, um, but I feel like the next thing that comes up, whether it's this neural link that we're going to talk about or whatever it is, like that is where I feel like I don't think the way that we govern people and society and whatever it is, is like, you know, is can be changed up to the speed that technology does the fact that so much road tape in government exists policies have to go through so many different processes by that time they've done that for an old pro- uh, technology a new one has come out that that affects it in a different way so what do we do like you know i think you know i think what needs to happen is the way that we uh, take um, votes and, and things like that, like a voting system or whatever, needs to be done differently. Mm-hmm. You know, um, maybe go back to old school methods and you know, like uh, and do that. But you're always going to be able to target someone with advertisements exactly. or websites or whatever. But I think there's so. another thing that's a thing. Also, I think we should. I do think you know, like good, well. There's a thing I really appreciate nowadays: well targeted advertisement. I think that's that's a good mm. thing about yeah. it. You know, like you really actually get to see products that actually might you know be interesting for you but you're so right because like nowadays we're talking about propaganda in the event like with the methods are the same as the second world war or like during soviet, yeah. soviet union it's about manipulating the opinion of, a, of the society to mm, get to a position that you know like um are good for the government in hands you know it, it's straight out propaganda what we that's the scary part yeah 100 percent. yeah but uh, look i think you know every generation freaks out about a constant a current change in that their generation faces yeah. right so i don't think this is like a doom and gloom scenario we'll figure it out we'll figure something out and there'll be another i do think so out and, you know, definitely like, it's already happening um yeah like um it's just i think what happens is generations and society becomes a little bit skeptical to new change um you know yep um we've been adapted we've been open arms with new things but you know like a good question if a new social channel came out a new facebook competitor would you join it yeah then i would like be very careful that's the thing yeah like you wouldn't join until probably a no. majority of your friends have joined it right and i wouldn't so, join like, like actually if they actually I wouldn't try a new one as long as they wouldn't guarantee that my data is safe. Mm. I think that was my criteria. No, seriously, that would be my criteria. If there's like, there would be something new. Like if this is a social a social platform that actually guarantees that my data is protected, it's fine. The problem is how do will they make money? Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, but I mean, look at look at you look at um, things like uh, WhatsApp, for example. WhatsApp is purely like entirely encrypted. Um, like you know. Um, Messages encrypted peer to peer, right? Do you think that's good security? Well, I don't know anymore because <laughs> it's too much on the Facebook hands. <laughs> yeah, but you know what the funny thing is? Okay, so Facebook doesn't care that they encrypt their data. Yeah. Because, well, how iOS apps and Google apps do it? I mean, you know now this about programming. When you store like the messages, you store it in a local case. You store it on your device. Yeah. Right, and it's called your application memory. That's unencrypted, so they could access it. All your text messages, everything gets stored there, unencrypted. It's only when it gets sent from one phone to the other that it's encrypted. Right. So, it's not a, it's not in- encrypted. It's unencrypted. Like um, Facebook can literally just read that. And you know, there's been um, you know people who put papers out on this. You know, just saying, hey, this needs to be fixed. But that's literally how um, you know iPhone and Android and all sort of devices have been designed, you know, definitely you could encrypt it at the time. Sure. You know, but there's no warrant. And how could you test it? You know, like Absolutely. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. something could come out, but I don't know. Anyway, um, so we move on to the next one. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Your article um, because you think I was frustrated. This 
you wait. Okay, let me okay. Um, let me explain. Have you heard much about this? Not at all. So I'm I'm looking and browsing through, but please, I haven't heard anything about the what's it called Neuralink. So on July sixteenth, um, Elon Musk held a co- uh, a conference, uh, a big um, conference uh, for his uh, a, co- a secret company that he um, started oh, wow. called Neuralink. So Neuralink was a company developing. Uh, interfaces, um, machine interfaces into uh, your brain. Uh, basically, the idea was for a, a, a network or connection hub interface that would allow any device to uh, interact with your brain, right? And they've got it working. They've, um, so the threads are super, super tiny. Yeah. Um, you know, like I think it's like... Um, um what was it, like half and half the width of a hair strand or something like that what um right and um basically what it does is that there is um like i think what 96 threads of um in this one machine yeah right so it'll be a little chip and then 96 threads off that chip yeah each thread would link into um, a neuron in your brain, right? Okay. Um, utilizing a machine that would very easily identify, inject, and um, inject each 96 neurons. Basically, um, then that allows them to have up to, what, I think it's like a, 3072 electrodes per 96 threads okay right? so in other words one electrode sending one pulse of um, electricity they have 3072 electrodes in your brain um you know um, basically connected to all the different portions of your brain thought smell um you know like your sleep everything mm-hmm. right all the different sorts of portions uh and then what it does is they drill a hole in your skull. Uh, to obviously, they need to do that to connect the new, um, you know, the threads into the um, into your brain. Um, and then the hole that your skull has is sealed with the chip, which is a Wi-Fi chip, a what? Bluetooth. So Bluetooth. Holy shit! So basically, at the end of it, what it means is that you have a Bluetooth connection in your body that you can now have an iPhone app that connects to your brain and starts seeing, you know, reading, um, like, anything, data. Not only is it read, but it's also write. Read and write. They can manipulate what you see, what you do, how you feel, everything. So you, you can actually, it's basically saying, you, you know, VR glasses? Why have VR glasses? Why not just have this Neuralink chip and have right. reality, like actual reality changed, right? Um, all the data that they can do, like, so they're saying that for science, all this thing that they can, you know, like, um, for science research, they were saying that if someone is blind, they could make them see. Wow. I mean, you know, um, oh, but, shit. Yeah. like this is just Black Mirror stuff, right? Right yeah. after, right off the TV show, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it is on a science from a science perspective and a technological perspective. Wow, it's it's amazing. It's the next link, right? It's the next link. It's just like I'm really having a hard time seeing. You know, why would I ever put this in my brain? Like yeah. it's so, like I, I do understand. Like I do see the the like um potential for medical use. So if it's in a controlled environment and you can help them for, you know, like people with mental illnesses, blind people, and, you know, it's just, it's really highly controlled. Yes. Mm, yeah. As a consumer product, like I have a really hard time seeing this. Why? Why? Like, this is insane. Yeah. So da- again, right. we're in the same path because like same with Facebook. So I think dangerous. It's so dangerous. Worse, right? It's worse. But the thing is with Facebook, there's people also, like, I'm sure Zuckerberg didn't intend that this can be a propaganda machine, but people no. will, will exploit it. You know, people will exploit exactly this. And that, that's the scary part. You, I can, you can't trust so, humans. 
<laughs> so yeah, and, and you know the funny thing and the scare. What? Well, not funny. This is the fucking scariest thing. So you know, you were saying in World War Two, and, and now they've got these propaganda sort of campaigns that you know made you um, sort of like skew your belief onto it. What stops someone utilizing te- this technology to make you actually believe it, like and see it? In, yeah, and see it. Yeah. Yeah. So you could actually change someone's minds into that. What if you get a virus? Once exactly. You get a brain in your minds. That's what I mean. I think I think it's so interesting because yesterday we watched. Um, uh, what's his name <laughs> on Netflix? The Area Fifty One documentary. Wait, what's his name? Oh. Um, Bob Lazar. And exactly the thing is like you know I do don't think he's a liar. Probably he's like he has a mental illness and he really believes. Yeah. You know, is it in his head that you know all, whatever he made up, it's real? Same with this. You know, what happens if you actually yeah. hack people's minds and you make them really believe stuff that actually they really believe yeah, it? Exactly. They don't lie. They really believe that's the truth or reality. Like. Would you would you get this done? No, I think you know I would be the old crumpy guy. Yeah. Who says like no? That's too far for me. That's I don't want to do that. But the problem is, I wouldn't either, right? At all, a hundred percent. I'm not gonna because like the idea that I I I like going away on retreats and disconnecting. You can't disconnect it. No, 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 no. It's in your brain. You can think that you disconnected. You think you turned off, but is it really off? You know, like you don't know. Um, but at least with a mobile phone, you can leave it at home. Exactly. You, know? you can leave it. You can leave your computer. Leave all the things. Just disc. Just go. No Wi-Fi. It's fine. Whatever. Um, the the thing is that the 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 thing that worries me, and that really sucks. And I've been thinking about this and like for the past couple of weeks since reading this, is that like. I'm all digital in my career. Like, if I want, I'm a product manager. I lead development teams and design teams that build products like this, right? I wouldn't be able to do my job. I wouldn't get hired to work on it if I didn't have this in my own yeah. mind. There's no way. Or like, you know, like, hey, I, you know, I really feel passionate, connect with the community, mm-hmm. yeah, but I don't have a Neuralink. Sorry, but it, I feel like it doesn't limit me. Yeah, sorry, we're going to pass this to someone else. You know, like that's the reality. You got to could be. This. But, Could be, definitely. Know? So, the thing is that if this hits mainstream, which I do believe it will. Not yeah, but I think it will. Maybe, it will still like take a while. Will. It will still take mm. a while. Because but I the think pro- the thing is, what's he saying? Like it's um, going to be a couple of years. Yeah, I think that's a bit like that's just Elon Musk talking. Like he also said, like he will be. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, it's just. <laughs> But uh, because, like, I think to hit this the mass market, it has to go to a lot of, like, it's not as easy. This needs to be go through FDA mm. in the States. And also, I feel a lot of, like, I think it would be illegal in most European countries. Like, it doesn't, doesn't, it can't be just on the market without, you know, like this, uh, how do you say, like, yeah. government approval. Because it's just way too hardcore. You're inserting yeah, an object into your, Facebook. in your brain. Like, yeah, maybe this whole Facebook thing is actually probably being a good thing in in the in the scheme of things in the future. Because if that didn't happen, this would have no, we would have jumped on it. What's the cause? You know, what's the, exactly. what's the problem? But now you look at Facebook and you know Cambridge Analytica and all that, and you like go, okay, I can see that. You know, yeah, cool. That's what happens. Um, <laughs> but that's what I mean. I do <laughs> you think know, you the, know from yeah, please. Oh, and I was just saying that the shit thing, I just looked at the, there's an image of a rat with this embedded into yeah. it. Yeah. And it says USB-C. <laughs> like, come on. Like, once if we had a whole, those old like 40 pin SCART cables, you know, like exactly. still connected <laughs> to your brain. And you know, like, you know, a floppy drive. You know? Floppy drive. <laughs> Out of your brain. Are you still going to be using USB-C in, your, in like fucking 50 years from now? Like, I do not. The people will look at it and it's going to, you know, it's the same kind of the same image. Uh, the same, you know, scenario when we log the floppy disk. It's like, what the fuck? What were they thinking? Yeah, yeah. I think the USB is only for it at the current moment, but like they're gone Bluetooth. But the same with Bluetooth. Like Bluetooth isn't going to be the only wireless technology in no. the future. You know, like. But I mean, okay, we're definitely going to share this article, and I think everyone should read it. Yeah. And I think if this doesn't creep you out, and well, congrats. <laughs> but it it is. Um, Concerning, but on the other side, I do give you know kudos to the science and technology behind that because the people are just brilliant. Like you know, if you can use this yeah. for, um, if you can use this for medical use, amazing, really. 
That would be good. I feel like, yes, cool. You know, schizophrenia, for example, and being able to sort of filter out different thoughts that yeah, yeah. really exist, you know, like, yeah, cool. All for it, you know. Um, but for commercialism, nah, man, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> that is too, too much. This this will do that. This will do the trick. You know, like I, I used to love the idea of taking, you know, being able to access email, <laughs> wherever you are, you know. But this, no. But I think there's a mass movement going because now we have reached a point where, like, you know, like we also have seen the negative sides of being always connected, and there's a, there's a movement coming. Like, you know, like people actually don't want that as much as they thought they wanted to. Yeah, and like, yeah, true. Um, this this mass realization is happening. I think, definitely. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, is this uh, should we come to an end, PD? Yeah, yeah, depressing fucking. End. It's a depressing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We won't be out there futurish because you'll need a neuralink. You know? Exactly. <laughs> it's such it's such a shame. Like, I mean, why 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 can't we just do the things like what's that um, Tom Cruise movie uh, Minority Report? Oh yeah. That would be cool. Why don't you go go all in on AI and like, you know, and, and sure there's restrictions there, but you're not, I feel like the sanctuary of your mind is something to be cherished. Yeah. It should be highly protected. Yeah. Same as your body and your mind, like everything is your temple and like, don't, 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 please don't do this. Just you know for all of our th millions of listeners we can shake up the, the company, <laughs> you know and this is one message just just don't do this i love Elon exactly. musk but he um he's also crazy sometimes yeah he's <laughs> well, a bit crazy uh, we've seen yeah yeah <laughs> we know we know but you love him and we know that if you look at our episodes i think there's like one third is about elon musk <laughs> probably more to be honest <laughs> no but uh, hey he, i think it has yes. been a really great episode and um, good hey, but to our listeners, so thank you. Really appreciate it. I think time is the most valuable thing we have. And if you, you know, spend your time listening to this, we really appreciate this. Very humbled. Yes. And yeah, what helps us, you don't have to follow us on any social media, but if you, if you want to share well, we the episode. We have a Kickstarter, so if you want to um, share <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but really, like, you know, it would help us if you like it, share it or give us a review. Yes, please. But, you know, um, we do this as long as we enjoy it and we enjoy it very much and we really enjoy it even more yeah. if you found this, this our discussions helpful yeah and and I think yeah all we care just you know as long as you enjoy it and you learn one thing from it and you don't get this neural link we're good they are good don't get it exactly don't get the neural link then otherwise futurish yeah. has failed yeah. <laughs> okay cool. all right everyone enjoy have a great um, next couple of weeks and we'll see you um, in, in a couple of weeks from now Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Bye. Bye bye. Central Park and Fall.